listening to Strangely Enough. This week, we're talking about a universal phenomenon, deja vu. Hi, I'm Sam, and you're listening to Strangely Enough. This week, we're talking about a universal phenomenon, deja vu. Amelia? (laughs) I got scared. Um, (laughs) Hi, deja vu, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) Uh, this week I researched the history of the phrase deja vu and then I have a couple of really interesting theories about why it occurs and some r- real life reasons as to why you might be experiencing in your day- that uh, in your day to day. So holy crap, there's a lot of information about the history of the phrase deja vu and um, And the first recording of it that I could find was by Ovid, who was a Roman poet. He was quoting a speech given by Pythagoras um, when he was advocating for vegetarianism, oddly enough. And he stated, Pythagoras stated, quote, Our souls are deathless and ever. When they have left their former seat, do they live in a new abode and dwell in the bodies that have received them? I myself, for I well remember it, at the time of the Trojan War, has Euphorbus, son of Panthous, recently in Juno's temple in Argus, Abbas City, I recognize the shield which I once wore on my left arm. So Pythagoras was saying, like, yeah, way back in the Trojan War, I recognized the shield that I had on my arm from way before that I'd never actually seen before. Um, and it really wasn't, wasn't a big deal at the time when Ovid quoted Pythagoras's speech. Um, he, he wrote about it cause he was a poet. So yeah, he wrote about a lot of stuff. Um, and then about 300 years later, St. Augustine, um, actually offered a rebuttal to Ovid's account stating, quote, for we must not acquiesce in their story who assert the Samian Pythagoras recollected some things which he experienced since he was previously here in another body and others that they experienced something of the same sort in their minds but it may be conjectured that these were untrue recollections such as we commonly experience in sleep when we fancy we remember as though we had done or seen it what we never did or saw at all, and that the minds of these persons, even though awake, were affected in this way at the suggestion of malignant and deceitful spirits whose care it was to confirm or to sow some false belief concerning the changes of souls in order to deceive men. So St. Augustine was rebutting Ovid's recollection of Pythagoras's speech because he was like, hey, no. God is real, and these motherfuckers are just trying to confuse you (laughs) by talking about this, and it's the devil's work, so I don't play that game. Um, So that's kind of like the origins of it. Um, It was brought up again by um, a French philosopher named Emile Borac in 1876 he was writing a philosophical review and he the first mention of like the french phrasing of it um he meant calls it la la sensation du déjà vu but it wasn't acknowledged by the scientific community as a real thing until about 20 years later so really uh late 1800s early 1900s when fl arnaud he was a french neurologist at the time proposed its use when presenting the case of louis who was a 34 year old who suffered from amnesia 
after contracting cerebral uh, malaria. Louis had a vague sense of familiarity with everything, including new events and objects. So that's when it was kind of adopted by the scientific community. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. That's kind of the, the gist of where it came from. There are some different theories as to why it occurs. Um, the French translation, by the way, of déjà vu means already seen. It's a literal trans translation. Um, so a couple of theories I found. Swiss scholar Arthur Funkhauser stated that in order to study déjà vu, you have to study the nuances between the initial and secondary vision. So an initial incident is déjà visite, which is already visited. And the second, so that would be like the first time you see something in a dream or whatever past memory you have it of it. The second incident is déjà vécu, which is already experienced or lived through. Um, some psychoanalysts have attributed it over the years to a simple fantasy or wish fulfillment, kind of sending it into the universe type of thing. Psycho um, Psychologists ascribe it to a mismatching in the brain that causes the brain to mistake the present for the past. Um, the Scientific American, which is a, a medical journal, reported in 2014 that small seizures in the brain responsible for memory formation and retrieval could be the cause. Um, Further, a neuro neuropsychologist named Sanam Hafiz stated, uh, quote, one section of the hippocampus activates two different neural circuits, which concurrently absorb the present experience while the second circuit assesses memories. Um, so it, people think different things about it. Um, it basically sounds like that nobody knows anything about it still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, honestly, in my own experience having deja vu, it's not like some sort of wishful thinking, like I'm wishing this into reality. It's some, usually something so mundane, like I'm walking down the grocery store aisle and I like happen to see this box of cereal on sale and I'm like, wow. I've had this exact moment before yeah. and like maybe I have, but it's just such a like significant, you know, like outstanding feeling rather than just like, Oh, this must've been on sale a month ago type of thing. It was like, yeah. this no, it's really your brain happened. saying you needed cereal. It was <laughs> <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but so interesting too. I didn't like, I'm glad you covered the history because I honestly, like I never even thought, about the history of it like I was just like it's just a thing that's always happened <laughs> and nobody ever knows what it is like I don't know it was interesting to hear like how I guess like what I'm trying to say is it's interesting that it goes so far back and that there's like like recording recordings of it like yeah. I low-key thought it was just like a colloquialism that like the French made up maybe like a hundred years ago <laughs> and it turns out to way pre like the the sensation of deja vu before it had a name was from like I think I said like 400 AD or something like that it was when it was first like mentioned that Pythagoras felt like he had seen the shield in the Trojan War that he ended up wearing during the battle previously so yeah no it's definitely nuts that it goes back as far as it does yeah. Um, did you also see, so, oh, what was it? There was another thing that I saw about it, but I'll let you continue because you did <laughs> the research. <laughs> it might come up. It might come up. Um, the other kind of 
chunk of things I read about um, are like the the psychological or just like the science brain reasons why you might be experiencing deja vu because as always, I like to think of <laughs> rational, concrete, black and white explanations for things that are weird. Um, so first theory, uh, you're not paying attention. It's called split perception theory. So if you're looking at your phone, for example, or otherwise distracted and you look around quickly, your perception might be split into two parts instead of one. So it confuses the hippocampus. So that's kind of leading back to what the neurologist had said recently um, or the neuropsychologist had mentioned recently. Um, another theory is uh, the experience are actually happened. So the feeling of familiarity could be happening because you've had the experience in the past, but you just don't remember it. So if you're often someone who's distracted or thinking about a lot of things at once, like everyone on this planet is always, um, that could be why. <laughs> um the, another theory is you have a dominant eye, which I really like this theory because yes, yeah, this I, is what I was talk about. Okay, go ahead. Yes, so I I knew everyone had like a dominant side of their body. I didn't realize it applied to their eye necessarily. So um, everyone has a dominant eye. If the stronger eye sends information to the subconscious before both eyes focus and register the input as a conscious experience, your brain will tell you, I've seen that before, once the second eye catches up. And um, it's literally wow. just been nanoseconds. Literally, too. yeah. That's crazy because um, a lot of us here wear glasses and it's like, <laughs> the, I like definitely the- know which one's the dominant eye, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this... That theory doesn't quite make as much, I mean, make as much sense for me as far as like deja vu, maybe like being disoriented or like losing track of location. Like if you're walking somewhere and then you look up and you're like, holy shit, where am I? And then you, it takes a beat to realize. I feel like that, that theory doesn't stick as well for me, but it was a really cool one. So I was like, holy crap. Yes. <laughs> like for me, I think like it sticks a lot because I'm like, our brains – so that's the thing, right, is brains are fucking weird, number one. <laughs> we that's all an understatement. <laughs> but, like, that is, like, a messaging thing, right? So, like, you could, like, see something, like we just said, like a nanosecond earlier because you saw it out of your dominant eye first. But it can reroute to, like, your long-term memories and be like, nah, I saw this, like, years ago. <laughs> this is weird. Just got lost on the highway of your brain circuit. <laughs> that is such a good analogy. <laughs> Wrong turn. Um, so those are all kind of the, so that's like the history and the rational reasoning and the scientific reasoning that people have come up with recently. Another one um, that actually deja vu, like repeated um, and frequent deja vu can be associated with some forms of epilepsy as like a precursor to a seizure. Um, so not to say that everyone that has deja vu is epileptic, obviously, but it is something that's associated with it. Um, they're also finding uh, deja vu to be common, interestingly enough, in Alzheimer patients, which I thought was really strange um, because obviously the, the whole memory thing is difficult when you have Alzheimer's. So I don't know how that works, but I thought that. Was- yeah, very interesting. But then also to to appease you you guys you strange folk, uh, there were a couple of fun like not paranormal but just weirder like university like crunchy theories. So 
one of them, um, so parapsychologists um, believe that deja vu is related to past life experiences, which um, I think you guys have probably heard before. It's like you're tapping into a memory that your previous self, your soul self had in a different uh, body. So that is kind of creepy to think about. <laughs> um, I love that theory. <laughs> I like want to love that theory, but then I'm mm. thinking like technically like if you were to have a past life, it would be in a past time, meaning yeah. technology and things like that would be different. So I think it would be really dependent on the actual case of deja vu. Really. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like what that actually would relate to, but yeah. If I could say something about that. <laughs> so there was also this other thing that said a lot, like a lot of what deja vu can be is spatial. So mm-hmm. like they did this experiment and I forget, I don't know if it was the Leeds memory group. They did a 2006 study or if it was a different study, but basically like what they had done is so they had placed like, a certain type of object, like, let's say, like, pens. They put the pens in, like, a certain formation mm-hmm. and had the person look at it and then replaced it with, like, a different item, like, cups or something. Like, that's not actually what the items they used <laughs> as an example. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do have a pen and a cup in front of me. Why do you ask? <laughs> but... So it had a lot to do with, like, the spatial formation of things. And, like, that is something that they think can trigger um, deja vu is just, like, the exact orientation of things being the same as maybe they were at another point in your life. So if you, like, collaborate those two theories, the spatial theory and the past life theory, it it could be that, like, you were in a very similar situation in a past life, but the things that are making up the moment and like the spatial part of it could have just been made up of like a farm instead of like a grocery store or you know what I mean yeah. like I love that yeah that makes a lot more sense you know thinking so, about it that way yeah I just imagine it like because I know one of the theories mentioned like looking up from your phone so like it could be the past life equivalent was like looking up from a book or something you were or a map mm-hmm. I don't know random stuff that they did before cell phones (laughs) Um, yeah but exactly yeah that's I just that's how (laughs) that's cool um the other kind of paranormally one which you you guys are gonna kill me I've not watched the x-files but apparently uh, <laughs> it's because I always associated the show with UFOs and as we all know now I don't care about UFOs but like I do a little bit more now after our last episode but here's the thing <laughs> Fox Mulder okay well that's who I was going to talk about Fox I Mulder love him. Love my life. <laughs> believes in the tuning fork phenomenon so this is another um thing that people have attributed deja vu to so um ultimately it it means you believe in more than one universe um so the tuning fork phenomenon states that frequencies of a person's mind temporarily match the frequencies of other living people or someone in the afterlife so that's when you might you know when your frequencies match up with someone else here or in the great beyond that's when you start to feel like oh shit i've seen this before 
I love it. <laughs> and that's kind of the, the gist of what I found. I mean, there's so I, I feel like I'm going to say this every episode we record, but there's a million and one things you can read about online. What's really cool is there's been a lot of like psychological studies and things like that about it. So there's, I mean, not to discredit any like, podcasts like this that just explore things and think about things because they're interesting but there's like a lot of science backing up um why deja vu exists nobody knows why it exists yet but there's definitely a lot of research going into it yeah and i love the kind of paranormal um like not paranormal but like um, otherworldly explanations that people come up with like Mm. I ended up diving deep into a parallel universe like subreddit uh, uh, earlier today to be honest (laughs) and it's like a lot of people are like obviously like I have to buy into like the multiple dimensions or multiple universes occurring at the same time type of thing but um, the ability to for your brain to have just like kind of tapped into the other dimension of your own being and what Mm. they may have experienced or are experiencing at that same time. Um, Because I guess the whole thing with other dimensions is that it's largely the same, but dimensions end up getting split off when something else occurs that's significant. Um, Let's say like to a political figure or something like that, which ultimately shifts how other things in the world play out. So um, I was reading a lot about that, and then I came across all these different, I guess, methods for people who try to literally, like, jump into other dimensions. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah, so there's all this talk about what I discovered is the two cups method, um, and it's basically, like, this really simple thing that you would just do with two cups, but the idea is that you would... Um, basically like try to jump into another dimension where your most desired outcome will occur so like one of the examples I read was like you're really nervous about a a test coming up like a midterm exam or something and you feel unprepared and you're nervous so um basically you have two cups in front of you and you would tape um a little piece of paper to the bottom of each and on the first one you would write like what the probable outcome is which is like okay like I feel unprepared and nervous and like I do an okay job like not great and then the second cup you would write on it uh, on the paper like I uh I aced the midterm exam and you like fill the two the two cups with water like halfway and then like as you like pour the first you take the first cup and then you like slowly pour it into the second cup the whole time you're doing like intention setting and like attempted manifestation and there's like really it works well I suppose if you're in a meditative state while you do this and then you drink the second cup um basically giving yourself the feeling that this has already happened how you would feel after the results are are in you did ace the test and like basically just like you know just embracing that that feeling um and then you're supposed to just go be able to go on with your day and things like that will occur or it might take a while for it to show up down the line but it's a, a lot 
that has to do with like an intention and like dedicated action as well. Like you can just do that and be not study for the exam and be like, oh, I'm going to get an A. But I don't know. There's a lot of different people talking about this mm. on Reddit for some reason. And then everything else I've read about it deeper into it is like there's another method called the mirror method. But that is way scarier, and everybody who's written about it on Reddit does not recommend it and says that oh you, can, you can, like, get stuck in, like, a bad, bad other dimension or reality. It's, like, way easier to mess up and, like, I don't know. So, Can you give more details about that? <laughs> yeah, please, because I'm imagining Stranger what Things. Method? Um, I didn't find, because I didn't necessarily look it up either like the method of the like the mirror method like I did with the two cups but um the person I was reading about most recently said like even one little negative thought that would creep into your mind during that mirror method could alter the outcome like intensely and could I don't know it just really not set you up for for what you're trying to do but I, it has to do with sitting in front of a mirror and like basically like reaching through the mirror is what I got oh, from it no fuck <laughs> no I don't trust that we learned about why people yeah. talk about mirrors when people died in Victorian times I'm not reaching in there I don't want to know yeah no I mean like I believe that theory that if you have moments of deja vu and whatnot, maybe it could be that something is happening similarly in a parallel universe, but I'm not going to try and jump there through a mirror. <laughs> yeah, no, me either. <laughs> For the record, do any of these things at your own risk. We are not endorsing them. We are not responsible. Absolutely not. <laughs> Sign this liability form. <laughs> um. This is like a complete and total sidebar, but when we were talking about dimensions, it brought up like this like really crazy memory. So when I turned 21, I was in the middle of or had like just recently finished reading Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut, which is like one of my all-time favorite books. Um, And I don't know, like, have you guys ever read that book before? I have not. I've heard about no. it, but I haven't read it. Embarrassed to say I have not, but I know of it. Oh, man. Okay, we got to do a book club on it. It's ugh, it's so good. Anyway, there's a lot of talk about the fourth dimension in it. And so that was fresh in my mind. And so the whole time I was plastered, that's all I kept talking about. Like, we, <laughs> this is how we have to get to the fourth dimension. And, like, in the fourth dimension – everything's happening at once and and everything's always happening and like just like drunk babbling but that's the kind of 21st birthday I had I I talked about the fourth dimension all night I wish I was there me too we would (laughs) have talked all night so here's the thing I wish you guys were there too because the people who are aren't in my life anymore (laughs) and you guys you would have indulged me in that conversation which is what I needed at the time that's right preach it anyway random sidebar I just had like a visceral flashback of like me and my I like got this doctor who dress naturally and it was it was so cute I think I got rid of it because it didn't fit me anymore but it was like a skater dress style and it had all the little doctor who figures on it in black and white so I'm wearing that in like my shitty one-bedroom apartment like 
basically TED talking about the fourth dimension. So. Oh my god, I love that so much. I wish yeah. I wish time machines existed if only to see stuff like that. Like I don't want to meet anyone important. I don't give a shit. I just want to see shit like that in my friends' lives and be there for it. <laughs> Agreed. So bad. What a life it would be. But here we are. We found each other anyway. So that's the that's the good news. That's all that matters. Oh, mushy moments. I'm here for it. I love it. <laughs> oh, sorry. I had to take that sidebar. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that I'm going to have to watch some pretty heavy palate cleansers tonight because for some reason that mirror shit is stuck in my brain and I'm just thinking mm-hmm. the worst stuff right now. Like I've got that oh like, my God. <laughs> like goose chills coming up my back and I'm not here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, Guys, do you think Alice in the Looking Glass is about that at all? Like Alice in Wonderland? That's a good question. Huh. Um, I gotta Google it. It could. I have a, a a copy from like the 1950s. I haven't read it, um, but that would be cool to look into. The other thing that came to mind with the mirror talk was just scrying, in general, um, right. which I could do a whole episode by myself on. <laughs> Please. What do. was it? Scrying. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't about that. It's like yeah, when you are looking into a black mirror, and. Uh-huh. It, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone had any like major moments of deja vu that have really stuck with them? I yeah, you guys, if you have them, please share now. I would love hearing these stories. Honestly, I don't have any major ones that I can recall because like I said, it tends to be mundane moments for me, which is just so annoying. Um, but after we had discussed having this uh, podcast recording on this topic, it literally happened to me within a couple days after that. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And uh, yeah, I haven't had it since, but I was just like so annoyed because I have, I felt like I haven't had it for years at this point, And it just like happened after we talked about it. That's wild. I was kind of hoping that would happen to me, but it didn't. But okay, here's the other thing I thought was interesting too. So I want to look into this more. And like, so I have my bachelor's in psych as obviously you, you guys know, Tosh, Rachel and Amelia. But for our listeners, I have my bachelor of arts in psychology. So I spent a lot of time studying this stuff, not deja vu specifically, obviously, but just psychology um, and whatnot. So This stuff is particularly interesting from that avenue for me. And so one of the things I had found when I was doing research was that for some reason, there are a higher number of instances in people ages 15 through 25. So there's something in that like 10 year span where it gets triggered a lot. And I feel like a lot of it is because that's kind of like the final parts of like our formative development, right? So like your brain starts to fully develop in your mid-20s and then you kind of reach that plateau point. So I would be interested to like kind of look into that further to see if there's any other reasons why it might particularly affect those people in that age group. But I'm thinking, I wonder if it's because it's like your brain's kind of tying up and finishing like it's, you know the end of its like formative developmental years but I, I thought that was too yeah that's something I read too the age range um when I was researching 
It is. That's cool. I didn't think of it from a psychological perspective. I was just like, oh, because we like think about things when we're 15 to 25 and then we're tired. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. That is pretty relatable. Our adult brains are just like done, done doing extra work. Toasted. I don't want to see it again. (laughs) I get it. Oh my gosh. My I have a friend who like if she's like annoyed by something or something, she's like, take my glasses off. I don't want to see this anymore or something like that. It's, just, <laughs> it's like a cute phrase she has. I love that so much. I'm stealing that. hundred <laughs> percent. It's so good. Um shout out to Mecca. She's she's a funny chick. Such a dope um, name. Yeah, that is a cool name. Dope. You guys would love her. She's, like, one of the only friends I grew up with. And I, like, sincerely, like, we've been friends since, like, I think fourth grade. Oh. Maybe before then. Um, but she's, like, the only, like, one of the friends I've had since elementary school. I think one of the cool. only ones. I probably don't think I'm bad right now because there might be other people I'm not remembering. <laughs> no, anyway. that's okay. <sighs> um. But yeah, I mean, if so, Tosh said that she has a lot of really mundane deja vu moments. Um, Amelia, have you had any major moments, deja vu moments? Um, not that I can remember. I know I had it a lot in college. So if I'm looking at it from like the psychological perspective, it's probably because I was like overtired all the time <laughs> and like not paying attention a hundred percent to any one given thing. But not any crazy like instances I can think of no what about you Rachel I same thing with Tasha nothing like really significant and not within the recent years I can't pinpoint a time recently where I've experienced it but I do have memories of like you know just being like wait a second I've had this conversation before you know whatever but something closely related is premonition so I was doing a little bit of research on that Um, and a premonition is a strong feeling that something is about to happen. And typically based off things that have been documented, it's usually something that's unpleasant. So, you know, you're, and a lot of times people call these things premonitions and they end up coming true or they predicted the future. And as I'm going through, just kind of like looking at the psychological background of it, um, and I'm going to dive into the history too, but if you were someone who was trying to look into if you're having premonitions or if they're really happening or if you're really predicting the future, they say like a lot of times this happens with people who have high intuition levels, countless deja vu experiences, um, thinking that they have like visions of the future, but you know, it hasn't happened yet or like a really strong gut feeling or actually predicting things that end up happening. Um, So my first experience with premonitions was obviously that so Raven back in the day. Yes. Um, <laughs> but a true MVP. Right. And there's an um, you know, she passed it down to her kids. If you guys haven't been caught up to date on Raven's house, the new version of the I show. I didn't know that existed. Um, yep, it's same the same characters, just new kids. But like it's Raven and she's a mom. I love that. Yeah. And Chelsea's in it and everything. <laughs> So I'm sure people have been having these sort of moments or like having a gut feeling that, and then it happens or a dream and then it really happens for a lot longer than it's been documented. 
but there's been like some major times throughout history where it people say like this has happened or it's been documented in a book or in a song in a painting something like that and then it happens so the first big moment was in 1966 um a person named errol my jones dreamed about the Aberfan mining disaster and this was a welsh welsh village that was devastated when a national coal board coal, colliery sorry let me this is a tongue twister here colliery spoil tip slid down the mountain and killed 144 people i am in so the glad that you mentioned this rachel because i have actually done research on this and the second that you brought up how you know, it's documented in history. My mind went to this exact moment. And the saddest part is just that kids were having premonitions, I remember, and they were trying to warn people and like the disaster happened and it like landed on the fucking elementary school or whatever. Yeah. 116 of the 144 people that died were children. Holy guacamole. Right. So How have I not heard this? I guess it sounds familiar, but I am I would like to to, to, more to shout out another podcast because I guess that's something we could do. It's uh, an episode on the Unexplained podcast uh, by Richard McLean Smith, and it's the Aberfan disaster. And yeah, I had never heard of it before that, okay. but honestly, if you, it's a whole like an entire episode just on that and. He's really wonderful at storytelling, and I cried, I think, twice listening to it. So, fair oh warning. Oh, wow. Oh. All right. Good to know. I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, yeah. Me- Errol Jones was one of the victims, and she was 10 years old. And on the night of October 19th, she had a really bad dream. This is the night before, where she had gone to school only... Um, to discover that it was gone because something black was covering mm. it. And so in the days leading up to the, to the disaster too, she had talked to her mother about how like she wasn't afraid to die. Um, and she would be with two people named Peter and June who were former schoolmates who had died from something else. Um, so like she didn't have a super detailed dream on what happened, but the night before she had, this dream and she told her mom about it before she went to school that day and then she didn't come home because she's one of the victims of the you know this massive mining disaster so that's like the first known premonition moment in history i guess you could say um and i won't go through all 10 of them that i had read about but there's like a lot of interesting things and i can send you guys the article maybe we can share the link when we sh- post the episode um it's from historycollection.com um but there's been like other ones for example let me just reference my notes here okay so morgan robertson wrote a book that essentially predicted the sinking of the titanic so that was yeah that was april 14th 1912 and obviously you know me what was that Sorry. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, you know, it's up to people are like, is it just a coincidence? Because that's one thing about premonitions is you could easily if you're not a believer of something like that, you would just think it's a coincidence. Um, I guess, but that seems 
pretty specific. Right? And like everyone knows about the Titanic. You've heard about the Titanic. Everyone knows about that tragedy. It's one of the most written about disasters that we hear about from like a young age too. Yeah. Um, so she, he wrote a, a book about it called, well, not about it because it hadn't happened yet, but it was called Futility and wrote about a sinking giant ship um, and the similarities between the actual story of the Titanic were like remarkable. And there's not a lot of details about it. So it is something I'd like to dive into further about what the actual details were that linked up. Like I'd actually like to read the book too, because it's something I would just be interested in. If people are saying like, this is crazy that this book came out before this happened. Um, and it also reminded me of something that this is slightly unrelated, but I was talking to Tasha and her wife recently. You guys were telling me about a TV show you were watching that predicted like a lot of current events that are happening right now, but I can't remember yes. the name. Um, of it. So that was a weird experience and it was honestly kind of hard to watch. Um, it was the, uh, it's really kind of, it's not that great of a show either, but the weirdest part was that it, everything that happened in the show happened in some capacity in this day. And it was made a couple years prior. So it's, um, it was a designated survivor on Netflix. Um, so just like a lot mm. of, it was like about this guy who becomes president because like the white house gets bombed. Obviously this didn't happen, but like the white house gets bombed and like, there's always a one designated survivor every time Congress like holds a meeting. So like literally everyone died. He had to be the president. And it, I was like, well, okay, this looks like interesting enough. And we watched it and just like, as the show progressed, it was like all the issues that were coming up were, obviously on point but like i just remember the the show being from like 2014 15 16 and it was just like oh god it was just too on point it was just like slight things that were off like instead of the it's it, like the race was off <laughs> in one episode it was just like okay so they're really just you know honing down on mexicans but this is the same oh. thing that's happening right now in the country that's you know a different race right. or you know it's just like there were so many parallels that both me and my wife Jen were like literally spooked out watching it and like there was times in the past couple of months where we we're like I, I I was literally like I cannot watch this show right now because it's too real <laughs> it's too real I need a break yeah I will definitely have to check it out um and you know I'd be interested to like learn more about the writer of the show too and kind of like where they yeah. came up with all that the concepts because and whatnot it's very apparent it, like it was very spooky watching it like i would get chills all of a sudden something would come up and i'd be like right. no way and then i'd look up what year the episode came out and obviously shows are recorded like at least a year ahead of time so i'm like oh this is weird right so there's a lot of instances like this you know on minor and major levels where people, some people truly feel like they have visions of things that are happening when they're completely conscious and, you know, like truly like see something and then it happens or have a gut feeling or they predict something. People also have premonition dreams, which is something that I've experienced lightly. It's nothing, it's not something that happens often, but it is something that happened last year actually 
um, I had this dream and I've never had a dream like this before. I have super realistic dreams. I have super vivid dreams. I can lucid dream. So my dream world is pretty extra as it is, but <laughs> I've never had a dream like this. <laughs> so I had a dream where my sister and I are driving down like, um, it, it appeared to be like a main road, but it wasn't busy. And there was woods and houses on both sides and we're just driving around and suddenly like the car lurches upwards and forward. And as this is happening and it's almost coming like to a complete stop, like standing straight up, but it doesn't actually get there. But as the car is flipping upwards, the dream like felt so surreal to me because everything is moving in slow motion. Like as the car is flipping, it's moving in slow motion, but I'm like fully aware of every detail of my surroundings. So I'm like looking around and I'm not in slow motion, but I'm like viewing everything in slow motion. So that was really weird because I've never had that happen in a dream before. And then things go Wait, back so to just normal. Just to clarify, go ahead. when you're driving in this car and it like lurches and moves forward. So it's almost as if like the front end came to a complete halt and the back end of the car went up to like a vertical angle. Okay. Yes. Just trying to get the visual. So it's, yeah. So it's, and it didn't fully get there, but it was like pretty close. And then the car drops down and like everything's back to normal. Nothing's in slow motion anymore. Um, and also not that this is necessarily relevant, but as I'm seeing things in slow motion, my sister's in the passenger seat and I'm like, she's in slow motion too. Like I'm viewing her, like her facial expression and her reaction to this. So then the car comes back down and we both get out, you know, we, we get out of the car and we're like, what the fuck is happening? And there's just like an old woman and she's like on the sidewalk and she's like, there's something under your car. And we get down and they're like, had just been like a random object under the car. So it was a dream that stuck with me just because it was so weird that it did happen in slow motion. And I was able to like, literally like do like a 360 view of the surroundings of the car. Um, and then two days later, Tasha and her wife were over for dinner and we're like having a little girl's night. And as they were leaving, I had told them about this dream and my sister was with us too. And, um, as they're walking out the door, I'm like, well, you know, like hopefully nothing bad happens and I don't get in a car crash. Oh. And <laughs> they leave and I'm like, hey, my sister, like, let's go for a drive. I need to deposit a check. And then I wanted to go like drive around and see if people had Halloween decorations set up outside of their oh, house. Yes, and girl, it get it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like our... Halloween is our Christmas, and instead of driving around to look at Christmas lights, which I totally do that too, yeah, yeah, but too. like, so, my so goddamn Super Bowl, yes, Hell yeah. right. I'm like, I want to see like orange lights, <laughs> creepy houses. <laughs> so we go to the bank, and I deposit my check, and I drive back to my neighborhood because the neighborhood that we live in, it's like, it's pretty. There's like right up the road, it's more like residential than where I am and like where there's multiple apartments. So we're in an area where it's like residential, single family homes. And we're coming down this road that, you know, it's appears to be a main road. It is a main road in Manchester, but it's not, it's like further up. I can't even remember the name of the street right now, but it's further up. So it was less busy, but like we're driving down 
the road and suddenly my car lurches forward and I'm like freaked out. Like I'm not thinking in the moment, like I had a dream about this. I'm thinking like, what the hell is happening? Cause my car, the front end comes to a stop and it's like this horrific noise and the back end like pops up, not like it did in the dream, like not to that angle, but enough that like, I'm like, okay, I need to get out of my car. So we get out of the car and we get down and we look under and my undercarriage cover is just like completely mangled and rolled under itself. No. And like it like got stuck on the ground and it was dragging. And like, I just think the way that it was twisted caused the car to like jolt forward. Um, <laughs> so it was just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I, the only things that didn't have the, the setting was like, almost identical but in the dream like I don't know if I was I couldn't tell you like what street I was on or anything like that but the only thing that didn't happen was that it didn't happen in slow motion there was no old lady on the sidewalk and my car didn't like completely flip up theory so uh maybe the old lady was (laughs) some sort of spirit guide coming into you in your dreams to warn you that your car was about to drop its fucking undercarriage and get crushed under your car i remember leaving that night um after we left for dinner from dinner and i was like rachel don't you two go driving anywhere (laughs) literally like what a couple hours later or whatever uh, i can't even remember it was it was probably not even a full hour later because we like I know you said like two days and I was like absolutely not because I remember being shocked that you were like both of us are getting in the car and we're doing stuff and I was like excuse me <laughs> but yeah right yeah the dream was like two nights before so like I yeah so you know but it did happen like a half hour after you left my house and we yeah talked about and it, you made that comment which is. <laughs> Yep, I made the comment, and I remember texting them, like, furiously afterwards, being like, you guys will never believe what happened, and I went off, because I was like, that is just so weird, and after I had the dream, too, I should have mentioned this before, the next morning, because I was feeling so weird about it, I called my sister, too, and I was like, I had this really weird dream, and I think we might get in a car accident, (laughs) so, um, you know, who knows? Is it a coincidence? It could be, but it was like, so the dream stuck with me because it was not unlike any dream I've ever had. Like I've never had a dream that happens in slow motion where like, I'm able to like clearly take the time to see details while like in the middle of something crazy happening. I mean, not only Um, that though, but the other thing is just like the actual motion that the car made in the dream was obviously exaggerated to alert you to the area of your car that is, was affected or, you know, did like not Mm -hmm. doing well. (laughs) And then in in reality, the same thing happened where you're forced to a stop and the back end of your car lifted up because of the speed you're going. And Oh my God, it's just like, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy when you compare it. There's, Right. Too many similarities. And the fact that it happened like within a day or two of actually having the dream was wild. So that's the only time I've really had a dream like that. My mom has told me about dreams that she's had too, where like it's a similar situation. And in other episodes, I've talked about how my mom and I have had like the same dreams 
on the same night, but we are just like playing the opposite person. So maybe we're just connected in that way or something. But mm, that's, that's um, a whole other episode right there because yeah. I yeah. know for a fact that my wife Jen has had a shared dream with at least two people. And um, I also have a story from my older sister who shared a dream with her father who was on vacation abroad, which was crazy, um, with something that was happened, like literally happened to him while he was out there. And yeah, I mean, that's that's a whole other topic, like dreams in general, also just shared dreams and right. things like that. But I, I can say that right. I've had one dream that I deemed at a very young age to be um, like a prophetic to my day to day, because I remember one day my mom. Well, first of all, OK, so I'm like younger um, and my mom would uh, we lived outside of Boston. So my mom would often take me into Boston. She was like a stay at home mom, whatever. And um, we would always go to the Prudential Center because they have like a great mall underneath. And we would go shopping. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, we would go shopping and then we'd get pizza, California pizza. It was just a great time. And we hadn't done it for a long time at the, this point. But I remember having a very vivid dream of my mom just randomly taking me there and like me having like the best day ever blah 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 and I woke up from the dream and I was just like in a really bad mood and I'm probably to put this into perspective I'm in the house that I've talked about before so I was between the ages of seven and nine um the house where I heard my name called and whatnot from a previous episode so I'm like okay so I I literally wake up and I had that dream or whatever. And then I was just miserable for whatever reason. My mom's like, for some reason, I thought she wanted to me to clean underneath my bed. I remember that being so significant. I woke up and probably my mom was talking about it. Like, you shove so much shit under your bed. Like, we got to clean it out. <laughs> like, I was like a serial, like, put it under the bed person as a kid. Shover. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I literally she comes into my room and I'm like, just like putting clothes on or whatever. And she was just like, I got I have a surprise for you. We're gonna do something today. And it's a surprise. And I was like, don't tell me it's cleaning underneath my bed. And she was like, <laughs> No, we're gonna go to the Prudential Center. And I was like, what <laughs> I'm like then I was like flashback raven moment to the dream I just had waking up and I was like so weird because I haven't been there in like years and years and I had such a vivid dream but I remember just experiencing that and being like I predicted the future <laughs> <laughs> you're a psychic, my girl. immediate future but that's literally <laughs> it I do love though I love that you were like I have to clean under my bed. It's that so, so, so stuck in my memory. It's insane. I'm like, why did I even think like that? What a stressed out child. <laughs> yeah. So has anyone else had any moments like that? I don't think so. I, feel, I mean, I've had, like, recurring dreams, but I feel like that, like, I want to save that for when we do, like, a hefty, dream, like, yeah. episode. Yeah. But, yeah. I feel like I've had, like, other minor instances, and, like, I often do get, like, gut feelings. Usually when I feel like something bad is going to happen, um, and then, like, something 
that does happen, but never like visions. And I've never, besides that dream, I've had dreams where I'm like, oh, I've dreamt about this. And then something like similar happened, but not like that. But yeah, other than that, I don't know. It's something, there's so many different stories that people have put out there too. Um, that I, you know, it's just something I'd love to dive more into and people do practice it too. Like you guys were talking about the different mm -hmm. methods with like the mirror and the cups, like people do certain things to try to like open their brain to being able to do that. And I know you mentioned lucid dreaming that too, Rach. That's like kind of a similar thing from what I get, understand. Right. Right. Or like, and I'm sure we'll get into like psychics and whatnot in another episode, but it's all connected. That's wild. Cause like I have heard of people like practicing lucid dreaming, but I didn't realize that's something you could do for like premonitions as well. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm a lucid dreamer. I can, I lucid dream all the time, but I've never crossed those paths, but maybe it's something I'll just do some general research on. Although I'm not, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things. Cause it's like, if you have that ability, that's pretty fucking cool. But like, if it is typically something bad, like, you know, yeah. if I guess if you, if you know, that's what happening, what is happening, then like, maybe you can try to prevent it. But in my case, I'm like, I had dreamt that something bad happened in my car and then something bad happened in my car and it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. That's not fun. It's like a definition of a blessing and a curse. Right. <laughs> I feel like, so I've like often wondered, I'm like, I've never had any, like, I've never had any of these like crazy experiences with like, visitation or, or or ghosts or like anything like that and I just like wonder if it's because like they're like now nah, we can't fuck with this one she can't take it <laughs> like she's anxious enough as it is let's not stir her pot any further literally <laughs> oh wow that's wild yeah guys this is this is our fifth episode. We've recorded five episodes. Woo! Wow. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just thinking. No, that's exciting. <laughs> I think it would be really cool if anyone listening also, like, commented or shared any of their really interesting deja vu or premonition stories, anything really related to the subject, because I am always curious to hear more firsthand experiences about things that I really haven't had much experience with myself, like premonitions and deja vu like here and there but nothing like crazy so if you have anything crazy share it with us yes that's a great point because yes, you know especially if there is somebody who's listening who has something to say like you said first of all it would be a first-hand account and we could also maybe even do a special um, in between episode or something where we can you know tell your story uh, anonymous or yeah. not um, with any of these topics that we cover in between so you can get exposure and then it's just, you know, just adding to the, the knowledge that's already out there. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Stay strange. Tell us your weird yep. shit. Bye. Bye.